0: Good afternoon or evening, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders worldwide. I don't know specifically where you're coming from, but it's certainly going to be minimum evening, I would assume, based on the map that I'm looking at. And I took a little bit of extra time giving today's update because I wanted to do a deeper dive into the token that I was going to cover today because I'm going to cover a new token. This one just released about mid-December-ish and started getting a little bit of attention. It hasn't got full attention yet, but there were a couple things that caught my eye. What I'm starting to see with some of these tokens are very creative ways to advertise their token that I think stand out in a crowd, and I want to certainly give them some focus and attention. And I want to just caveat, I am not by any means telling you that this is a token that's a scam or anything. I think it's a newer team it seems like they may be new to the crypto space there may be some vets but uh, no pun intended but it seems like they're reasonably newish to the crypto space and based on what i'm seeing they have a key opportunity to potentially succeed with this thing however there's a couple of concerns let's say red flags that that caught my eye and i want to kind of call those out for them and i'll share it with them they are on twitter and You know, let's go ahead and kick off with this token because I've as I've watched them, they apparently are rooted in a place that I used to live. So that was something that stood out to me. And the story that they told in the white paper is pretty interesting. And they're they're trying to push kind of a narrative here of what they've got. This is called and I'm going to pronounce it according to what it appears their their marketing pitch is, which is para emu. Um, Aka parachute, and I say it's para inu, and I'm assuming it's para inu because it's the visuals, the imagery is all about parachuting dogs. So I'm assuming it's para inu, not para inu, as in stop in Spanish. I'm assuming it's para inu, and they say call them paratroopers as the people who are part of this deal. Para inu has one quintillion tokens. That's a lot of freaking tokens. If you're not paying attention, it's a lot of freaking tokens to go through. When I looked at their site, and I, you know, this, again, launched about mid-December, and I looked at their site, they immediately went after some audits through TechRate. I don't really rate TechRate, believe it or not. I don't think they do enough, thorough enough job, but at least they tried to get something out to have credibility. They put a white paper out days, before, days after launch. That's great. They went to CoinGecko to get submitted days after launch. That's excellent. And then they put the website together and the website is kind of your standard part of the course. But here's some of the things that caught my eye about these guys. Having one quintillion in inventory means you better be doing a lot in order to get that inventory down. There has a reflection mechanic. It has a burn mechanic. They're basically the same mechanics as you would see with others like Satama. And it has a liquidity pool set aside. It has a marketing pool set aside and then it has a small development wallet for blockchain projects and then a wallet set aside for charities for veterans and families. And that seems to indicate that the people behind this are in some way aligned or associated with military in the past, potentially. They are docs. They have their images. They have links to LinkedIn accounts. They have Twitter accounts. So they're they're out there. They put their name on it, put their face on it. So that's good. Um, I didn't go too deep into it, but what I saw does look pretty credible from what I can tell. But they also said in the breakout for this inventory, they said that 50% of the liquidity has been locked for 100 years. Okay. So then 50%, remaining 50% is locked for one year, and then there's going to be kind of a locking renewal process that will happen at some point. And how that would work is not specified, if it would be a DAO or just an arbitrary one-year renewal or how that works or longer or shorter. Then they have other things that appear to be kind of policy enforced. So there's a tax wallet transparency they call out that just says, any wallets that are collected for these taxes that I just specified before, they're clearly indicated on Etherscan. Well, that's good. And then they have the well-drain protection clause that says and apparently this is part of the code one percent max withdrawal per transaction if you remember what i said before about trying to do anti-whale mechanics and the fact that it ultimately ends up just punishing everybody else because if you're a whale you'll just get creative and do separate transactions you don't really care as long as you get the money out in here what they're trying to say is that they're going to adjust that limit based on the market cap and based on growth and based on a need to allow this So already it's told you that they have, when I say they, I mean the owner, has the ability to adjust fees, has the ability to adjust limits, has the ability to change how the behavior of the contract works. It's not renounced ownership. Now you're going to hear that and say, okay, well then why should I buy into it? Remember I said sometimes when you start a contract for a new token, renouncing the ownership right away is not necessarily a good thing because it means if things are wrong, you can't do anything about it. It's kind of this catch-22, and some of the um, centralized exchanges don't want a renounced contract at the point that you engage with them. You can do it after the fact, so like Keanu (laughs) is still out on an exchange, but at the time that it was put on that exchange, it was still owned by that developer, and then he later renounced it, and it's still out there being able to trade. So what they're looking for is that there's a throat to choke and then somebody ultimately has to make this happen and there's some work to be done. So it is not a renounced contract just be aware of that. And it means that they have control over the dictates of the token. It's not a community token. When they say that there's a dev limit, meaning devs are allowed to only hold 5% of the total, that seems like it's unenforceable and it's more about policy. And there's not really more details as to how they're going to truly enforce that because it's 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 a it's almost an impossible mission. I hate to use that term, but you can spin up a, con, a wallet anywhere you care to, and nobody's going to know if you did. Now, as long as the dev buys into the token, it's not a big deal. Who cares? They, they spent their own money. They're actually helping the project. Where it becomes a problem is where you're distributing tokens to the dev just for them being a dev. And that's even okay if you're doing it for salary purposes. You're compensating the people developing in the project. You want to make sure they get compensated well so that they stay happy because unhappy devs tend to tank tokens easier than many other types of devs. So they're also talking about creating a utility coin. So they're trying to do a, an actual blockchain that they end up with a coin. Down the road, that's ambitious, but it seems like the thing everybody's doing. There's Now, here's where it got kind of interesting in what they were doing. I talked about the 50% liquidity locked for 100 years. It's got a one quintillion supply. It's got, you know, reflections and an auto burn mechanic built into it. But then when you go down and you look at some of the rest of the things that they have, it doesn't appear, according to what I'm seeing, it doesn't appear that they burned half the supply. Now, they locked half the liquidity for what backs the token but that doesn't lock the supply and it doesn't burn the supply it just basically preserves the liquidity that supports the supply so in terms of price movement it will be interesting to kind of watch this because based on the way that they built it might actually be a stronger mechanic than just burning half the starting at some unreasonable number then burning half the supply it might actually be smarter to instead lock the liquidity, half the liquidity, so that the value, the money there is persisted across the lifespan of the token as it goes. Now, I want to call out a couple of things. This one launched in the mid-December, so it's very, very new. And yet, according to Uniswap, has liquidity already in the $3 million range, which is pretty large considering it just launched. And then it has a volume already of nearly $6 million that's huge, with a market cap of over $200 million. These numbers, th- These numbers are shocking to me because, again, it's only been out for a couple of weeks and already have accumulated this much in terms of just liquidity and value in the token when it hasn't even gotten on a centralized exchange could indicate that they may have solved the mystery about how to not only entice new investors but also to keep high numbers fresh out the gate so where you're not starting from scratch zero, but you still have a discount nine zeros, I believe, in front of it. So it still has strong growth potential. But when you look at the market caps on this guy, it's clear and obvious that some thought has been put into how to fund this off you know from the get-go. Now, when I look at CoinMarketCap, which of course CoinMarketCap shows you more data than what you would normally see otherwise, coin market cap shows me a trend that is a pretty healthy growth. It's not the usual that you would expect where you get a sudden pump and then an immediate drop. That did happen, but not to the significant degree that you would expect, as with many other tokens that have the same type of supply mechanic to them. And its all-time high was, I believe, eight zeros, if I'm reading this correctly. Actually, no, its all-time high just happened an hour ago. There you go. And then the all-time low, of course, was, you know, the usual 10 zeros. And then that happened, you know, three days ago. So it's had some volatility, but it's a healthy growth pattern as opposed to the, again, the immediate pump and then immediate drop and never recover that you see in other tokens. And then to have, again, a volume of near 6 million this early out, only after a couple of weeks, is shocking and staggering. And I've watched the price movements the price movements are solid. There are people putting a lot of money into this thing. That means they have reasonable confidence in it. If they're putting as much money as I'm seeing, I mean, I'm seeing, you know, six ETH. Six ETH is 24 grand if you weren't paying attention or, you know, just over just over two grand at this current price point. Pieces. Uh three grand right now is gonna be around six or three ETH rather is gonna be around six grand. And then there's a five ETH, so that's uh ten grand. So there's, people are putting money in this thing. That could mean that there are people that, either the tokenomics were really appealing to people, the marketing was really sound, or that the people that behind this project have just gotten the right people involved. Whatever the case, it screams like, it screams to me that this one is one to at least keep eyes on, if for no other reason than to just watch its price movement because I'm really intrigued by the, the, the strength of the market cap and the strength of the volume and the strength of the liquidity this early. I mean, in theory, this one should sustain pretty darn strong, and it should be dropping zeros pretty darn quick, and it should be able to hold against whale sales fairly well. Now, I say that, but when I looked at the buy-sell list, you know, I saw one that sold for 13 ETH. <laughs> well, 13 ETH, as my count, is about, what, 26 grand. So it's, you know, I would consider that a whale uh, by by all means. I would consider that a whale this early in the process. There aren't many of them, but I am seeing them. Now, the whale mechanic, the anti-whale, if it's only going off of, according to the website, the anti-whale kicks in for 1% max withdrawal per transaction, then the open question I would have first is 1% max withdrawal of what? Is it 1% of what you hold? Because if it's 1% of what you hold, that's scary because if you just saw this person over here and they just sold over $20,000 worth of a thing and that's 1% of your stake, I mean, the math speaks for itself. Is it that or is it 1% of the total that's in the liquidity pool? It's probably the same number. So that means that's a whale. That's a whale and you've got quite a bit of them and you still have that risk that they could just chunk out to to, um, cash completely out, it just would take them some time, but they still are able to impact the token. Now, as of right now, it doesn't seem to be working because the token is still going up in value at a pretty steady pace and has been pretty solid considering what I'm seeing in the sell behaviors. So either the anti-whale's working or the whales aren't even inclined to sell out because they believe so much in holding for the short term, or could be that they it's just too early and we haven't had enough time to pass in order to see that significant tank that I would normally expect to see. I'm just very intrigued by the liquidity. That's got me shocked at three million this early out. So either they put a lot of money in it to back it just to make sure that it was gonna sustain for the long term. And if they put that much money in there and then they locked half of it, I mean that seems to be, you know, they're putting their money where their mouth is and they're saying, No, we believe in this project and we want you to think it's legit. So we want to put our money up so that you are confident that it's worth buying into this thing. The only thing I would call out and it's not their fault. It's just something that you have to watch is there's no way to tell in terms of the tokenomics. There's no way to tell how the token supply is circulating at this point. Usually that accumulates over some time as things, you know, transactions happen, but that also means that there's no way to measure what we see in terms of the market cap right now versus fully diluted remember i said that fully diluted is if everything were out there going what would be the price of this thing the market cap of this thing because that should give us a sense of the maximum potential assuming there's not a burn now they do have down in their update maps a plan to do some transactional burns so the first one they did was a 25 percent burn they said that that's already been done i didn't see anything on social media So it may have been something that was buried in like Telegram or otherwise, but I didn't see, I didn't personally see anything about the 25%, but I'm assuming I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that they did. So if they did, okay, so now you're down to what? 750 quintillion, quadrillion, 750 quadrillion tokens remaining, assuming they did a 25% burn, then that's how much you would be left with remaining quadrillion let's see then according to the roadmap chart they're going to do a new year's burn which would be tomorrow for anybody that's in the united states that's tomorrow effective and this is rooted in the united states these guys are in the united states based so that would be tomorrow that they would do another burn which i'm assuming is another 25 percent. but they don't have percentage listed here if they do then you're down to of course, 500 quadrillion tokens remaining in inventory. and then there's some subsequent burns that are called out later on in the chart. So it looks like they they're, it looks like they're in the right place in starting with a high liquidity, starting with high value, getting enough holders and enough interest, and then just kind of doing these kind of piecemeal burns over time, which in theory, and I'm stressing that in theory, depending on how they do it should get that price i mean you should be dropping zeros at the rate i'm seeing you should have minimum three zeros out of the way it looks like they already dropped one but minimum three additional zeros dropped no later than half of 2022 june you should easily be able to do that i don't see a reason why you couldn't and they do have plans to do additional burns according to what they said here here's what i really like about what they've done separate from other projects they have an expense tracker on their site the expense tracker details dates specific dates and expense types and amounts and even the the transaction code so that you can see it on etherscan where it applies for all the different things they're spending on to support the project this is like the ultimate in transparency the way that they did this and i wish You know, to me, this should be the standard, the gold standard by which every project behaves to completely outline exactly what, what you're doing, what you're spending money on, and ideally why, so that an investor can make an informed decision about whether you even agree with those transactions. Like maybe you don't agree with certain expenses that we're talking about. Maybe there's something there that bothers you, an investor, and you should be able to call that out. But no other, that I've seen, no other coin, has it to this transparent degree, and that may be contributing to the confidence I'm seeing in the buy behavior, is that they see such transparency in the team and the strength of the liquidity that is just giving them confidence that they should go ahead and just buy in on this thing because they think it's going to explode and make them super wealthy. And from what I can tell, I I have nothing that would contradict that stance at this point. Now, I'm not telling you, as I said, I'm not telling you to invest. I'm telling you what I see it looks like they got the best of intentions. It looks like that they were willing to put a pretty significant amount of money into the project. And it looks like that they're working hard to build up the holder pool and that they've done enough to try to gain the respect and the trust of the investors they already have, but also additional investors in the future. And I'm curious to see where this guy goes because as it stands, if they're able to make this thing skyrocket as it appears, I think they're onto something strong. The only thing that I'm not skeptical, but kind of hesitant on, it's, it's unfortunate that they are on the Ethereum chain only at this point. I understand why they went that route. And I hope that at some point in the future, they do consider getting on board with the other chains, because I think we're past, in my opinion, my opinion only, we're past the world of just Ethereum, only Ethereum. And we should really be thinking and embracing phantom embracing Binance, embracing Avalanche and the other networks to launch your token where and when possible because it's even cheaper to do it on those networks and with something with this strong of a tokenomic I understand that there's a lot of money you've already invested in Ethereum so if there was some way and I know some tokens have done this to share that pool of liquidity without having to spin up another 3 million over on the Binance side for example even if you just did Binance that's better than just having it on Ethereum the gas fees alone basically mean Unless you're a whale or you already have the money set aside, you're really not buying into this guy. And that's unfortunate because I do want to see them succeed if they're serious and it does look like they're serious. That would be my only open feedback to them would be, you know, certainly see about getting other networks up and running rather than staying on Ethereum because I understand Ethereum. But I think now crypto needs to start moving away from Ethereum until ETH2O gets its act together, which they keep delaying it. So we don't know what that's doing. The only other point I would call out for them, and again, I'll add them on social media so they hear it because I love the smoke. But the only other thing I would call out would be the white paper. There is a white paper, they prioritize building a white paper. But in my opinion, the white paper is crap. And I'm saying that not to be a, a jerk, but I'm like, I've seen a lot of white papers as I've evaluated a lot of different projects. And I wouldn't say it's the worst white paper I've ever seen. That's not fair. It does enough. But I don't think it does give enough detail about what it does. So at a high level, it tells you the what, right? Hey, this is what we're doing. This is the token at the high level. Here's our tokenomics about the project. Here's what we're doing phase two. Here's how we protect our holders. And here's how we're going to do the charities. And then here's our roadmap stuff. And that's all cool. And it looks like they keep it up to date. And then here's our visuals. But I... I, when I say it's crap, I'm saying that there's no detail as to how these things are going to happen. So, for example, just because I want to be as clear as I can be, because I know that's a little bit inflammatory, and I don't mean it that way. I'm saying it's crap because there's, there could have been more done, and it feels like somebody didn't think beyond just getting something out. When you say 2% holder reflections, 3% marketing, 5% liquidity, that's perfect. No problem with it. But then when you say 3% in the initial transactional tax, 3% marketing, down you say phase two, 1% marketing. So you're going to lower the amount of marketing, but then that contradicts your roadmap because your roadmap indicates that you're going to be doing more marketing and outreach things in the future. So how are you going to plan to do that if you're constraining the marketing wallet? So my suspicion is that what you're doing is you're taking the 3% and you're stockpiling it in preparation for the future so that you don't need to charge higher later. You should spell that out. Anytime you have something that's a blatant contradiction like that, it comes across as sketchy. I don't think that's your intent, but I think you need to be clear and transparent about, we, we know this doesn't make sense. Here's why we're doing it that way. So that it's clear. Second, you have the 5% liquidity, and here you called out, we want to build the foundation, right? So we want to build up the liquidity, add to liquidity pool, and that helps offset some of the sells. and this is good. But in phase two, you're dropping it down to 2%. So, again, we know that anti-whale tends to not work, no matter what. No matter what you try to do, it's just hard to do it. So it would seem to me that the liquidity pool needs to, should receive that 5% on an ongoing basis where possible. Now, I understand you don't want to charge in slippage, you know, because at that point, like right now in the initial, you're talking, what is that, 5 10 10%. And then in the future, it's basically the same 10%, but you're kind of stretched it out. You spread it across different buckets. But now the liquidity gets harmed a little bit. The holder reflections don't go up. And maybe that's intentional, probably. The auto burn doesn't go up. The charity comes into place after the fact, whereas uh, and I understand that, but then the marketing goes down and the development goes down like i I think in if I'm looking at it, what I would expect to see then because of the contradictions I'm perceiving as an investor would be explanations of the logic behind why you think the marketing won't need additional, why you think the liquidity can suck can sustain with less in the future in phase two you're talking phase two like. It'd be different if you were to say phase five. Okay, that's different because by that time, you did 5% liquidity across four phases, and then by the time you get to phase five, you're sitting on a bag, and then you lock it. Cool. That's not what you're saying. You're saying literally immediately after phase one, you're going to drop that bucket down, and that just seems strange. As an investor, this is the feedback I'm sharing. Then you went into the basics around the, the whale protection without explaining how, without explaining the withdrawal and what that means, Limit will be increased when the market cap goes parabolic, and that I understand this. But is that a dynamic increase? Is a human having to press the button? None of that's explained or broken out. Tax wallet transparency is good; you have that uh, outlined in the site as well. But you're not calling out you're not calling out more data around the transaction types that we expect from the taxes. So, this is where I would want to see spelled out when we say two percent charity for veterans and their families. Call out some charities. Are there some that you had in mind? Are they provided by the investor pool? Give more details. So when I'm I'm giving the high-level term that I think it's crap, I'm saying that the white paper I see is basically a copy with different images of the website. That's not a white paper. Your white paper should give the who, what, where, when, how, and why of what you're doing with significant details beyond what the website does if I wanted to see what I see here, the website already gives that to me. And that's not what the white paper should do. The white paper should elaborate on what the details are behind the project and then thus convince me why I should buy into the project. And it looks like this white paper's been updated a couple of times based on the version numbering. So if anything, if they, I would love it if you take that feedback. They may ignore me. That's up to them. It's their project. I'm just personally, as an investor, I'm always, you know, and if you listen to this for the first time, I gave an update podcast episode specifically calling out what I call the rubric of white papers. And it literally is that who, what, where, when, how, and why of the details behind what you're doing. The website already gives me what your white paper is doing and it's just a copy. So then I call that crap because it doesn't tell me the details behind how you're going to make these things happen. And I think that's vital, especially when you start to get to certain high level investors to see that information, to have full confidence of why buy-in. And who knows? Maybe I'm singular in that regard, but I don't think so. I think there are investors out there who would love to see called-out details, and many of them are sitting on the fence. You may look at the current velocity and performance of the token and say, ignore that dude, doot 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 and that's cool. You know, It's your project. I'm just saying to me, I would love to see a little bit more because you know I'm cheering for you. I always cheer for the underdogs. That's why I do this because I want my followers to hear about these underdog tokens and see new tokens they didn't even know about. But I also have to keep a straight face. If I wouldn't do it for X, Y reason, I want to make sure I'm clear about that. And if I would, for X, Y reason, I want to make sure I'm clear about that. In this case, it's not that I wouldn't invest in it. It's that from a stronger investor perspective, I think having that document more fleshed out than it currently is, is vital and should be prioritized before anything else so that we can get kind of the nuts and bolts of what you're planning to do. Cause there've been many projects that have come and gone talking about charities, et cetera. And then turns out that they were either scams or just incompetent developers. They had the best of intentions, but they were in over their heads. We don't want to see that. So that's what the details give us being KYC doesn't mean that you are credible or that you're competent. It just means that you expose yourself. That's cool. But let's take it to the next level and start saying, how can we now, leverage the knowledge you guys clearly have because it's obvious that you thought this through and just put it to paper with those details spelled out so that investors have a little bit more confidence in the project. So that's the para-EMU on the Ethereum network. Again, that launched roughly about mid-December-ish. Currently sitting at nine zeros as it looks. And from the liquidity I see and the volume I see and the market cap I see, it looks like a strong project. Do your own research and see. If it's something that makes sense, just remember it's on Ethereum, so you will get ripped off on gas fees because they are not on a centralized exchange at this point. Because it's so early, I wouldn't expect them to be. That would be my other feedback for them would be get on an exchange fast, please. Um, gas fees are a joke. Um, it it can only help you. And, I, and to, the numbers I'm seeing, you should easily be able to justify getting on pretty much any exchange you want at this point. Just between you and me, I would prioritize KuCoin. Hint, hint, wink, wink. So that's uh, para-emu on the Ethereum network. Now, let me circle back and do some more updates on some other tokens that were out there now that I've got my underdog token kind of spoken for and in a good place. And just to kind of put a couple things to rest, I did the previous update as an open letter to the Ship team, and I mentioned in that one that I did not expect them to respond. And, of course, they did not respond. However, there were quite a few people that echoed the same thing that I said, which was that we felt that using bonus the gas was a bad idea because it, it totally contradicted the spirit of what SHIB, the token, was supposed to accomplish. And so now the predominant question that has not been answered even now is, well, what do you do with SHIB? What is the intent of SHIB? What is the point of SHIB? Why are we saying that this other token is going to be the be-all, end-all And yet we now have this other token that's part of the ecosystem, but this first token is kind of being left in the dust. And I don't personally think it's being left in the dust, but the perception to the investors is that you're leaving it in the dust. And that has not been addressed. And there doesn't seem to be a desire to address that concern. Now I have not in a long time gone into the discord for SHIB, primarily because I didn't see a reason to do so, but I think it's something that should be addressed. I don't think it will, but I think it should be. And if any of them are listening to this, listen, if you want to talk to me and I want to smoke, I always want to smoke. If you want to bring it, then let's bring it. Let's chat it out and help me so that I can help others understand why we thought it was a good idea not to use SHIB as the core when SHIB has a greater inventory. To me, that is still an outstanding issue. I don't think it's going to slow the long-term momentum of the project um, and I did increase my stake personally in the ecosystem just because I can see a bullish behavior on the bone side, but I'm all I'm still, as everybody else is questioning, well, what do you do then with the shib side? And hopefully they will eventually address it. Who knows? They probably won't. So that's uh, shib, and I'm not I'm probably not gonna have very much more to talk about SHIB until. They start releasing more significant updates around Shibarium specifically and then also with ShibaSwap. As it stands right now, though, you are going to be nailed with gas fees if you do go in that way. And then with Earnhub, this is not an update, but it's just kind of a public service announcement. Earnhub, the way that they wrote their contract, as far as I can tell, is not gas optimized because it wants a minimum of $5 of gas anytime you do anything. And then the problem is that it, like, sometimes it doesn't get the numbers right for your any stake or any flecked stake. It doesn't get the numbers right, so you have to refresh it. That only costs like a dollar, so that's cool. But then if you want to stake your tokens into one of the other ones, you're charged minimum $5. When I say minimum, it could go up to like $8, $10. They blame network fees, doot, doot, do. But here's the thing if I were to do the same types of transactions with my Kishimoto on the Binance chain, it's like a dollar or two. That tells me at the same exact time, that tells me that there's something in their contract that's not optimized. And I would recommend you don't use their little swapper tool that they have because it doesn't seem to work. If you try to do send to their contract, it tries to charge you that same 5 to $8. That's telling me that their contract just isn't optimized at all. It's not optimized code. I haven't seen an audit of the new token, so who knows? And I would suspect that they would call out unoptimized code, and that's what's causing the significant spikes in gas. It's not just the Binance, because Binance is generally cheap. You should generally be able to get away with minimum ten cents, twelve cents, thirty cents, up to maximum two dollars, three dollars, I can maybe say three. Once you start getting into five and eight, something's wrong with your code, dude. And so I'm giving that as a public service announcement that the code appears to be unoptimized for any transaction that involves staking, number one, or interacting with their contract, meaning sending tokens to it, using their swap. That's interacting with their contract, and those seem to nail you on the gas fees. So just be aware of that. Also, the staking doesn't seem to be working very well because I had my token staked into Auto Crypto for about a week and got nothing out of it. So I'm assuming that it's defective, and I've reported to the devs and asked the question, don't get a response, so I don't trust their staking. The Iniflect is working. It's working like it's supposed to. It's just slow, but the staking doesn't seem to be working. Now, some people are able to stake, and it's working, This seems to indicate to me that there's some difference in whether you bought tokens versus upgrade tokens and the behavior of said. Because I have tokens that were upgraded and they're still vested, and then I have tokens that I bought and they're not vested. The tokens that I bought, if I stake those, I'm not getting anything at all, but I'm getting any flecked on the tokens that I have sitting in the wallet that I bought. So I suspect that the code is not able to cleanly differentiate correctly and treat them the same the tokens that you bought versus the tokens that were upgraded. If you're buying scratch new and you were not an upgrade from safe earn, this does not apply to you. I'm just warning you in case you do decide to buy into earn hub, be aware. It looks like their contract code is jacked up from what I can tell from my behavior as going through the process and just kicking the tires. I'm not, I have no confidence in anything other than AnyFlect, and even AnyFlect has some issues every now and then, but at least will work once you get it set. It's just slow. It doesn't, It doesn't. you know, with normal reflections, like if you have Satama or one of the other ones that give you reflections, they just show up like every few seconds, whatever. Anyflect, no, it'll show up like once a day and that's it. So you have to kind of reset your expectations on how it works and then you have to claim the reflections. They don't automatically show up. Either you do a transaction or you switch the Anyflect coin and then it, it'll automatically update itself. So it's kind of this weird thing. And... I just kind of sit on it. I did notice that if you anyflect into the exact Earnhub token itself, so basically treat it like a normal, it seems to go much more fluid than if you do a different token, like I was doing Angie and it wasn't doing anything. So it's a buggy thing is Earnhub and I'll add them too. Um, Just be aware if you do decide to buy into it. I'm not saying don't buy into it if you wanted to. I I think it's a solid project. I just wish they'd optimize that code better than they have. So that's my updates for today. Um, There was nothing new on Satama, thank goodness. And there was nothing new on any of the other tokens I covered. Tell you what, I'll do a brief mention about one other one. Um, It's just a brief mention, and it's more a call to action. There's a token called Impact XP. And Impact XP, I'm not going to go through the tokenomics and bore you because I want you to do this yourself. But Impact XP has gotten probably one of the largest amounts of chatter on social media of any token in recent history because of its significant price spikes it's been jumping in prices i do have a small very small stake in impact xp and i forget exactly what exchange i have it sitting on i think it's L um but i do have a small stake of it and i've been watching the price movements it's extremely volatile as a token but it does have reflections it does have only mechanics so it may be something that you want to look at and see if it makes sense And the reason I'm not going to go through the the nuts and bolts of it like I normally would do for this one is because it is so unique in how they are approaching things. I want you to get the experience of going through the tokenomics, researching it, seeing what works for you, seeing what doesn't work for you, looking for the white paper, looking for the light paper, looking for the team, looking for the contract, doing that analysis. It's on the Binance. I believe it's on the Binance Smart Chain. It might actually be on Ethereum. might be on both. Uh, let's see, it doesn't tell me in the exchange. So it might be on both. But take a look at it, see if it makes sense in what you see, and then decide whether or not it's something you would buy into. I'm not saying do, I'm saying is it something you would buy into based on everything you see. In other other words, you should be able to come to some decision as to whether or not, based on the tokenomics you see and the mechanics in the site, whether it's one that seems like it's worth your time. That's the call to action, that's Impact XP, If you're on social media, I'm sure you've seen at least one mention of it. And again, it is one that's really unique in what it's doing. And I think it's worth at least taking a look at, if nothing else, to see if it makes sense for your portfolio. I will not be back again today. I may or may not do an update tomorrow since it's New Year's Day. I haven't decided this yet. If I do not, have a great holiday and I'll see you next year.